And now, James and Stu present the Top Turnbuckle Podcast. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of Top Turnbuckle Turnbuckle Podcast with myself, Stu, and... With James. Uh, this week we'll be discussing uh, our top three most underrated wrestlers and top underrated match. Going to be a nice little topic to discuss. We've already had a bit of a chat before we've started recording, and uh, we'll be reading out some comments as well that left for us on our social media pages as well. And I'd like to say thank you in advance for everyone that's commented. It's been a fantastic feedback, some superb comments, some comical ones as well. Um, but I'm sure we'll get to that in due course. So, right, let's get started with our first topic, our top three underrated wrestlers. Go for it. Okay. Hit me with your first one. First of all, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everybody on the Facebook page. It has been tremendous. I've enjoyed everyone's comments. Same here. They've yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, should we give the high flyer out? Yes, yeah, yeah, go, for, the yeah, go for the question winner okay. first. Yeah, let's start there. Okay, so the high flyer was put out yesterday, and it was, apart from their WWE careers and their successful careers in other promotions, what do Kurt Henning, Rick Martel, and Jerry Lawler have in common? And I thought this was going to be tough for everyone, you know. It was for me. Yeah. <laughs> But, I, I tapped out straight away. I had no, no clue. But the mastermind, Jonathan Coote... Well done, Johnny. ...got it within an hour, and it is that they were all former AWA champions. So f- for that answer, Johnny, well done. You get a round of applause from us. Yeah, he he is a great guy. On, on the Facebook page, he is completely active. Just a great mind for... The business and everything like that. And I'm sure we've we've stated at some point that we would like to get we will get in touch with you, Johnny, at some point, and we'd love to have you on an episode as well for your back knowledge of wrestling industry, taking part in it yourself. And um, I think you'd be a great element just to uh, have on as an episode. So if you're listening, as and when you do, drop us a message, and we'll see if we can sort that out as and when you're available. Yeah, I'd really just like to sit down and shoot the shit with him. Yeah. Absolutely. I really would. Okay, so I'll start with the first most underrated wrestler. Now, this guy, he had unlimited potential. And unfortunately, it was cut short because of a car accident. Mm-hmm. This guy would have been an absolute megastar. The NWA and WCW would have been an absolute powerhouse. The guy's name is Magnum T.A. His real name, Terry Allen. Which was, it was a huge eye-opener to me because I will be very honest, as I we discussed before we recorded, I, I'm i not clued up at all on Magnum T.A. Um, James has showed us a couple of links beforehand on YouTube with some of his previous, you know, previous work and performances. It's outstanding. That I mean, from what you showed us earlier, the guy had such amazing charisma. Yeah, for for the eighties, he was for the women and that aspect. He bit was of, a better yeah, bit look, of eye candy. Yeah, he was yeah. he was a better looking Hogan, really. Yeah. But what separates him from people like Goldberg, who was pushed to the moon, yeah. or Ringpost? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm going to save that for another day because yeah. we have just watched Elimination Chamber, or I have, and yeah. I have watched what's gone down. <laughs> we'll save that for another. Yeah. We'll save that for another topic. I was I was annoyed there was no interference from a certain inanimate object setting up a <laughs> WrestleMania match. Versus the ring post. <laughs> yeah, if everyone remembers, we will we will go into it. Why not? Let's segue. Yep. So, if everyone remembers, the match with the Undertaker, the ring post played a heavy, heavy part. Shall we say? Yeah, <laughs> part in that match. It was like the third uh, third op- third opponent in the match. Yeah, it was a triple threat. Um, unofficial. It's triple a triple threat, threat and Goldberg went to. <laughs> Uh, 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 I don't even like to call it a spear no. because it was crazy. It's so sad. He hit the ring post. Basically, the ring post counted it. Oh, the ring post. And he knocked him out. So I, I basically wanted to see a rematch between the two. I so thought it would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania. Um, my money is. Yeah. My, <laughs> my money is on. The rings. Yeah, I'm not sure if William Hill are going to take odds on that one, but no. it'd be worth sticking a five on it. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, going back to... massively gone off topic already. <laughs> going, going back to Magnum TA, well, it's quite good. It's because this is quite a sad story. Yeah, really. I, I, I had no clue about any of this, as I said uh, a little while ago, and it is very, very sad. Yeah. Um, so, in 1906... Just before we talk about his career, he was involved in a car crash and he was paralysed. He was speeding a little bit and lost control of the car and wrapped it round a telephone pole. He was paralysed from the waist down. And this guy would have gone on to be a world champion without any shadow of a doubt. He was scheduled to face Ric Flair at a Starcade. It would have been Starcade 87. Wow. Wow. Jesus, God, you go back a few years. Yes, yeah, so if you think about it, with the Hogan and him coming up, yeah, yeah, that would you had Hulkamania, yeah. and it would have been versus Magnum TA's yeah. popularity, it, it, and the whole landscape would have changed. Ric Flair would not have had the titles no, it, he had. It, from, from what you were saying earlier, I, I made the comment of saying, you know, for someone like that coming through, for the talent he had, you know, the, the charisma that he had, the mic skills that he had, and the popularity he had, I genuinely think it probably would have changed the entire wrestling industry. It's the biggest what forever. if. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. the biggest what if ever in wrestling. Yeah. As I say, it changed the wrestling landscape, even to the point where we could discuss would WCW have survived? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. If you if you've got you know your your main talent, you know your crowd pulling performer of the entire industry, which you know as he was saying would you know was Magnum TA. Ah, it's like you said, it is a massive what if. Would WCW have survived coming off the back of having someone as iconic and you know as big a crowd puller as he was? We have to remember he was only twenty seven. God, it's no age. So nineteen eighty six in nineteen ninety six he would have been thirty seven. Wow. Could have gone to WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or WWF at the time. Yeah. You remember, like, where they were looking for a new Hulk Hogan? Yeah. 
could have been oh, him. Jesus. What, so what sort of style was he? He was a powerhouse, but he was also, because he was in the NWA, which was based a lot on technical wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. he could go. He could wrestle. He could have your 20-minute, 30-minute matches. Could you have imagined, you know, an up-and-coming Bret Hart? So just thinking on the technical, you know, the technical ring-ring skill and a Magnum TA match. Here's the scary thing. It might not have happened. Bret might not have been needed. Yeah, like you said, the what-if scenario. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there you go. It's It's a massive one. Matches... Uh, Starcade 1980. I think it would have been 86. I have to check it against Tully Blanchard in a cage. Yeah, I quit. Amazing match. If we can find that on YouTube, we'll we'll post it onto uh, the it's fantastic. It's an amazing, brilliant match. It's legit, it's a proper fight. Nikita Koloff, he oh. faced Nikita Koloff. They were doing the Russian versus USA angle. Right, he was right, the big right, baby right, right. face. Yeah. There's a good two out of three falls match out yeah. there. Fair play. Oh, good for my first one. Right, my 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 first one's a bit of a bit of a recent one. He is still active, uh, which is Nick Aldis or Magnus, as he's or as he was also known as. Um, my apologies in the background for the for the dog barking. So my first choice is quite a recent one. Uh, he's a current NWA star, previously with TNA and Impact, which is Nick Aldis, also known as Magnus. Um, I know he's a long, long-term reigning NWA champion. I think, if memory serves correct, I think he is one of the longest reigning NWA champions. I'm going to leave this to you. I don't know a lot about him. Oh, so we're, we're one for one on both yeah, our first picks. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I just want to tell a quick story. Go for it. From my view, I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but the really bad rehash of the Gladiators, yeah. which was on Sky. <laughs> yeah. He was one of the Gladiators. He was like the new wolf. Hmm. And it sucks, <laughs> and i i couldn't I it couldn't was separate. Such a bad reboot. I remember shouldn't him, have been done. Never happened. I remember him coming into TNA, and I couldn't separate the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't take no, him seriously, and I, I I never have been able to. Yeah, I, I will. I, I, like I said, I mean, I know he's he, he's quite relevant. Um, he, he is still active. I I just feel like he's. He's peaking too late. It should have happened way, way earlier. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, I mean, he signed for um, TNA in 2008, Mm. left in 2015, and obviously went along with, signed for the NWA, which is obviously now run by Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan. Yeah, that's really weird. That's really weird. (laughs) Massive fan, though. Massive. I I never knew that. Well, obviously, massive fan. He wouldn't have got involved with the company otherwise. I but, thought um, it was him, but I couldn't, I, I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't fucking know. <laughs> but so I'll, I'll be honest, he's I got that iconic, take. like, bald head. Yeah, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw a picture of the owner and I thought, that is that guy from the Smashing Puppets. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure. But he's, um, I mean, he's a two-time TNA Tag Team Champ, um, which I do believe was with the British Invasion 
with Doug Williams. And as we talked earlier, it was Rob Terry. Yeah. Again, which leads to another, you know, massive, underrated, huge, monstrous size of a guy. But I think for, I mean, with Doug Williams as well, that's a great pairing for Nick Aldis. Fantastic. Both along the same styles as wrestling. Very technical. But can deliver some outstanding powerhouse manoeuvres for, you know, essentially not a massive guy. I mean, I think Nick Aldis is about 6'4", which I was quite shocked to find out. I'd, I'd never put him at that height. No, but, I wouldn't have put him at that height. But He doesn't look like a big guy. No, he doesn't. But he carries, I mean, he... As a performer, I think he carries himself fantastically. Uh, just, know, he's, just in a joke. I think yeah, the yeah. last, I think the last time I saw him, and I could be wrong, didn't he have a unification match with Cody? I think so. Yeah, that was the I last time right. I saw him. I think you're right there. Yeah, um, he looked good. I, yeah, I, I think he's fantastic. But again, it, it shows how having something like a bad gimmick can yeah. affect you. Which, I mean, the, the British Invasion, don't get me wrong, as a stable, they had fantastic talent. I just think it was booked piss poorly. Mm. You had three great stars there, three very, very capable ring performers. They are absolutely superb at their craft. Um, Doug Williams especially, you know, I, I know he's still going on the indie circuits, but... I can't place him. Um... I'm pretty sure I remember seeing a poster in Colchester once and he was on it. Mm. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Which which is a shame because he, he was great as well. But I, again, so like I was saying, uh, so Nick Aldis was a two-time N, uh, TNA Tag Team Champion, uh, one-time TNA Heavyweight Champion, um, which also led to the first British cha- Heavyweight Champion for TNA. Um, fantastic technical skill. And he, and he got better. The longer he was there, the longer he was in that, you know, that main, main spot, he got better and better. And he became, I I genuinely think he's fantastic on a mic. His promos are brilliant as a face and as a heel. I will admit, I do prefer him as a heel. I um, think most people are better. Than- yeah, he's, he's, um, he, he can pull off that kind of snidey, Sarcasm and, and have that brilliant, brilliant essence of threat. He's he's like a gentleman, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. gentleman type yeah. character. I was quite shocked when they pushed him in TNI. Yeah, I was out of out of the, those three guys in particular. I, you know, if you're gonna, because you always tend to go for the unstoppable force. You would have thought which it would have been, been Big Rob. Yeah, he. It's a strange one, and yeah. I don't know a lot about him again. Oh, same, it, same. He could have, if they could have got him the right trainer and the right influence yeah, around yeah, yeah. him, he could have been a legit star because yeah. he had, I mean, the bodybuilder look is... Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's not a great look, though, is it? For But he carried himself very well. It's very AE stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. And, but there was something about him when I used to watch TNA where I looked at that guy and thought, fucking hell, that guy's got... That's, that's the sort of guy whose pint you wouldn't, pick, wouldn't want to pick up by mistake. Yeah, he, <laughs> the thing is with those sort of big guys, they do look like a legitimate threat. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know he was out of, out of the whole British invasion movement. He was 
the guy who was, and I don't mean this in a, you know, in a, you know, oh, he was a shit one out of a lot of them. He was the guy who stood behind Williams and Magnus. He was the enforcer. Well, he was there to learn. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's a shame. Again, I, 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 I couldn't tell you what he's doing now, where he is now, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. Absolute shame. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, as I was saying, yeah, that, that is that's my first pick. Uh, Nick Aldis, Magnus. Um, very surprised when I realised I found out that he was married to uh, Mickey James. I knew that. I didn't know that. They they lived yeah. in King's fucking Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she used yeah. to walk about King's Lynn, no, apparently. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Fair play to her. Which is quite near us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very local to us, to be fair. Yeah. But um, yeah, my first pick, Nick Aldis. Uh, sorry, Nick Aldis. Um, Fantastic wrestler, brilliant on a mic, superb skill, genuinely hand on heart. I feel that he should have had a push from any company a lot, lot sooner than it actually happened. But um, but there we go. But the future's still bright. He's still going. You so, never know yeah. what's going to happen. You know, you really don't. Gonna pop up on AEW at some point. Maybe. Who knows? There we go. Right. Well, for your second pick. Okay, so on to my second one. There's a bit of a pattern here with golden oldies. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a really interesting discussion within the Facebook page with a variety of people, and I asked mm. about the territory days. Yeah, that was a wonderful response. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know why it was? Because it segued somewhere where I thought it wouldn't. It segued right. to British wrestling. And yes. the culture years yeah, yeah, ago yeah. and everything like so that. Pretty sure it was Lorna that commented first. Yeah, and, and big props for that because yeah. it it really gave everyone a little bit of nostalgia, it oh, felt it was, like. Yeah, and it, was, it, it was a great topic. Yeah, and absolutely brilliant. Fair play to you for bringing that topic up. That was a, yeah. Well, I, I didn't expect that response, which is just outstanding. I yeah. and, and I thank everyone. There was a wonderful post. And unfortunately, I, I do forget the guy's name. I am going to find out what that name is and give him a big shout out. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, talking about their uh, their grandfather and father being involved in the show, stretching yeah. wrestlers out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And unfortunately, that passed. Unfortunately, that person passed away. The father. Right. But what an honour. Yeah, because they yeah. were so protective back then of the business, and I imagine that they were in the know. Yeah, and I was happy to bring that to that person if they maybe didn't know, because that would have been a huge honour. Yeah, oh god, yeah. But um, yeah, as I said beforehand, it was a fantastic topic to pick up. Yeah, and like you said, I mean the whole for the whole nostalgia fact of it as well. I mean, I I can just about remember watching that on Saturdays. Mm. Um, and I, memory serves correct. It was my grandfather um, who was, you know, said, watch out for them boy. Look at that giant haystacks, big daddy, people like that. Fantastic. I, I genuinely think that's got to be my first uh, introduction into the world of wrestling. There's so much to it. The world of sport introduced potential wrestlers and gave him a chance. Yeah, like yeah. Bret Hart, yeah. William Regal, Fit Finley. Yes. The yeah, Dynamite yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids. Yeah. Owen. Davey Boy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, but the megastars were Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. They I were was, just pantomime yeah, fucking... They, uh, but they were so... Not, and I don't they mean were over. Their size. They were yeah. over. Oh, God, yeah. They were like A-list celebrities. Yeah, Big Daddy. Uh, I mean, he's part of British culture, Absolutely. isn't he? Absolutely. I mean, because... I mean, you can't bring up a topic of conversation about, you know, best British wrestlers... If they're not in, if those two aren't in your top five of some of the most iconic British wrestlers of all time, personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. Mm. They have got to be in there. They are, like you say, they're cultural more than anything else. It's just, like you say, it's part of British nostalgia. Anything to do with British wrestling in general. But if, you know, if Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy aren't mentioned, Get the fuck out. The door's that way. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the person's name is Dominic Saunders. I apologise for that. We are going through the Facebook page as we're doing this. And as you can see, I don't know if you've seen that, Stu. What a fantastic little yes. comment. Um, I'll just read it out for you. Uh, the, comic, the comment Dominic left us was, my dad used to go up to the local civic hall with my granddad, who was a docker, and they used to stretch injured wrestlers off not sure if it was a genuine injury or part of the show. Sadly, my dad has since passed away, so I can't ask him. Thank you for that comment, Dominic. Uh, thank you. Um, and our heartfelt condolences also for the loss of your father. Um, but thank you for leaving such, you know, such a lovely comment like that as well. It's, it's really nice to, uh, to have such you know, heartfelt comments. On a on a comment section on a podcast page that we do, you know, just just as a bit of fun. Yeah. But if it brings out something that really genuinely means something to you, thanks, mate. Thank you ever so much. You know, that really does mean something that you're willing to share it with us. Thank yeah. you again. Thanks. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love little stories like mm. that. I think they really bring they bring sort of the influence of wrestling and Absolutely. the nostalgia. Uh, Dan O. David Cox was talking yeah. about his. Dano David Cox was talking about going to see the wrestling around his, I think it was grandmother's. Yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah, and that that was a that was a pastime back then. Yeah, the the older generation thought it was real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They used to. I had a uh, older friends who used to tell me that US stuff is a load of crap and that's <laughs> fake, but the British stuff was real. And they did yeah. believe in it. Oh, it, I, I genuinely believed it when I was a kid watching it with my granddad. I'm talking it, older yeah. people. They gotcha. did. They honestly believed it was real, some of them. Yeah, I genuinely thought it was. So moving on to my seconds, after many segues, we do apologise. Tough. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nick Bockwinkle. Again, this is, this is another one I, I wasn't completely clued up on. Um, during the course of the week, James has sent me over a couple of links, and wow, that that is literally going to be my only input for this. This this one's all yours. Holy shit! Wow, what a talent! So he had a four decade career. He started in the fifties. Jesus, yeah, he started in Holy the fifties. He was he was a former American football player, and he started off as a face, right. And I wouldn't say he was enhancement talent, but he never he never made it to the big time as a right. face. Then they turn him heel. 
and he becomes one of the most unique heels ever. And this is going to upset a lot of people, but in my opinion, he's everything that Ric Flair wanted to be. Right. Yeah. His promo was... He just used to talk, and he used to use long words. Yeah. And he was... He thought his shit didn't stink. Right, okay. He, like, when he talks, he talked about... It was just so believable. Yeah. It, a, a, a huge air of confidence. Yeah, it, there was an air of confidence. He was legit. Yeah. When he spoke, he spoke about the competition within wrestling. Yeah. And how he was the best, and it was... There was no two ways about it he was the greatest star yeah yeah one of the biggest factors is the fact that he had such influence over Bobby Heenan who becomes such a massive star himself Bobby Heenan starts or especially becomes a mega star yeah through Nick Bockwinkle wow he was the manager right 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 of Nick Bockwinkle and the pair were just magic matches the guy was technically one of the best in that period yeah he he could do everything you gotta think they didn't dive off the top fucking rope back yeah, then yeah. or anything this, like this that back in he, that era was all done in ring his selling yeah was top notch his aggressiveness when he needed to be aggressive and not technical yeah he was like a savage right and it he was just class, mate. Honestly, anyone who hasn't seen his work, go and see it. He is the most decorated person on this list for sure. He is a four-time AWA champion. Wow. He goes on, I believe, till about 1993. Really? Yeah. He, he as I say, started Jesus in the 50s. Christ. He started in That's, the 50s. Yeah. And he doesn't make it until, I think he's mid to late 40s. Right. So when he's got the belt the first time, he's he's supposed to be in decline, yeah, but it doesn't there's, happen. That's usually around kind of the age where, you know, some of these big name stars kind of, you know, thinking about retirement, coming to the end of it, or you do get these, you know, some of these age old stars who just want to milk that gravy train until, you know, till the end yep. of days. No, this so. guy, this guy was absolutely legit. Wow. And a really important fact regarding Flair is that he was offered the opportunity to come to WCW, which was the NWA back then under yeah. Crockett yeah. in the Carolinas. But he was so happy where he was that he just turned it down. He just, just said... It was, was just for the love of, love of he the loved, He loved wrestling. He loved the AWA. Wow. Wow. He was the person who originally was supposed to lose the title to Hogan... Because Hogan was in the AWA, and that where that was where Hulkamania was supposed to start. Wow! <laughs> this this is, this is going to you know kind of segue off a little bit. Like this this again, as I said in the previous episode, this is exactly why I know I picked the right person to do this podcast. You're I, I know I called you Wikipedia last time. But it's true. You, I mean, your, your your knowledge of this is is just unbelievable, and I'm so happy that your picks are from a gold, you know, the golden era of wrestling. Well, I wanted to have a contrast. My, my name. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fucking good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we've got a contrast there. We've got something for the group to ha- take a look at 
and to go, oh, maybe I don't know who these guys yeah. are. Was, have a look at yeah, them. It's, it because... has been a massive eye-opener for me because, you know, for these people that, you should, that you've nominated, not a clue. Believe you me, a lot of these matches stand the test of time. Yeah. They're, when we go back and look at, like, Bruno San Martino and a lot of the WWF stuff, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really stand the test of time, but... A lot of the NWA and AWA matches do stand the test yeah. of time. And yeah. big shout-out to Jonathan Coote again. He mentions the uh, match between Kurt Henning yes. yeah. and Botwinkle, yeah. yeah. which is a fantastic match. He's, he's set of matches which he lays out in the comments section mm. for everyone. Those matches stand the test of time and they are fantastic to watch yeah. even today. Absolutely, yeah, couldn't agree more. Fair play. I'm not going to a brilliant nomination again. Then. I, I, I'm not going to say too much more about Nick Botwinkle. What I'll do is I'll post some links in in the Facebook so people can have a look. If you haven't had a look at him before, give him a gander. He, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, you'll be shocked. I mean, just, you'll be shocked at how good he was. Yeah. Just, just for the brief, you know. The, the, the two briefly that you've brought up so far um, for our, for this top three, um, we've had a brief look. You showed us a few bits beforehand before we started recording. Um, I won't lie, folks. When we do post these links up, go and check them out. They are it's a work of art. It is just it's, it's fantastic. It's it's a, to, you know to coin the phrase, it's a masterclass. Yeah, it well, is absolute masterclass and some of the best in ring performing you'll ever. Fucking see, it's yeah, so it, good that they were masters of their craft. Yes, absolutely. The stuff looks so much more believable than yeah. today. Oh, the selling alone, like I mean, like you said earlier, it was it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant, and you don't you don't get that now. The selling that you get now in not just in WWE, you know, but it goes across. Yeah. It goes across. It, it's global. The selling that you get now is all is far too theat- theatrical. You Everything know. moves too fast. Yeah, you know, the We don't selling, have time to process anything. The selling that you have then is really, really believable. Mm. It is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, fair play to you, mate. That, that is, again, another brilliant choice. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I'm just a big fan of uh, old school wrestling. I think there's some really good matches, and I think that, as I just mentioned, there, I think the WWWF, yeah, 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 overshadows that because a lot of their theatrical work, some of it was really good, but a lot of it, like your Bruno San Martino's, who was fantastic for oh, his God, time, yeah. but yeah, you can't take that away, no. The, as as an actual worker, yeah. they weren't that great. And watching them now, you can see through it. Yeah. it it's, it's it's not a great watch. They're quite boring. Yeah. This stuff... Uh, it's edgy, you see, stuff. Yeah, I it mean... really is. Funk, Funk, Terry Funk versus Lola. Oh. In the Empty Arena yeah. match. It's a oh, stunning just, match. It's an amazing match. It's so, so good. Again, if you haven't watched that YouTube, it... it, it it's on there. Go and check it out, folks. It is utterly brilliant. Again, another it's another one of the mark. You know, God, I'm going to sound like we're coining a phrase here. It is a masterclass. It is superb. It's a lost start. Yeah, it is. The territory days were really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were. A lot of the professionals you see today, 
They lack that. Yeah. They lack yeah. moving from territory to territory, yeah. learning a different style, learning a different craft. Which we shall also bring up again in a little while. Yeah. Answer um, your third one. Second. Oh, it is your second? It is. I, I apologise. Yeah. Oh, you've dominated this category. <laughs> my my second choice is um, Gail Kim. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, my... can, I, can I just interject one thing? Yeah. One thing just quick. I think the women deserve an episode on their own. I think they've become yeah. such a staple within wrestling, which is massive credit to them. Yeah. I think at times they're better. Oh, I really do. Absolutely. I think I, I think they're more entertaining. And in, especially in recent years. I think we should do a topic on them on their own, but we'll yeah. do Gail Kim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my, my second choice is Gail Kim. She's the seven-time TNA Knockouts champion, uh, one-time TNA Tag Team champion, and was inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame in 2016. I genuinely feel very sorry for her. Um, her whole WWE career was absolutely fucking shambolic. I I can give a little bit of insight into that because I watched big shout out to Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, he was talking about Vince saying that the male audience wouldn't find Asian women attractive. Yeah, I, Did you I hear was, about yeah, that? That's I, so I was, funny enough, stereotypical and shit. Yeah, I read that last night. Just looking at what she looks like and thinking that's how she would get over. Yeah. She's a great wrestler. I, I genuinely think of the last 20, 20, 30 years, I would put her easily in the top three greatest female wrestlers of all time. Her in-ring skills are second to none. She was really the legend, wasn't she? The TNA yeah, knockouts. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I know you know you get the the talk of the whole um, divas division um, resurgence when they started revamping it and pushing the women's division really, really hard. It should have fucking happened when she was there. She should have been that main star that carried the Divas division in the WWE to the heights that it is now. She should have been the go-to women's performer. I think she should have been one of them. I think Molly Holly's another one. Ah, oh, again. Do you know she what? could have been on the list. Oh, she was so yeah. close with Gail Kim for going yeah. on the list. I, I, so, so close. I think Trish Strauss was really good. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I, I, I'll never take quite a take away. She got in there with fucking jazz. Mm. You know, she got in there with jazz, and jazz used to fucking fight the blokes. Yeah, she was an animal. Yeah, you know, and she held her own. She was good. Victoria as well. Yeah, Victoria was nearly on my list again. Yeah. I'd, I've got it on here. It's on a scrap piece of paper. I, I, I actually—that's the reason why I want to do them yeah. in another one because I—I uh, I had her, Gail Kim, and Molly Holly on my list. Yeah, yeah. I—I I had a lot of uh, women that I could have put yeah. on the list, but I'm going to save those. Absolutely fine. Um, as I was saying, uh, my reasons of why I put her on this list just stems from one incident, which was a battle royal. Okay. Um, she was, if if you have a look at the stars that were in this Women's Battle Royal, the calibre of talent is fucking dreadful. <laughs> it is. I, I know that sounds bad. And Wasn't I, there like ODB and people like that oh, there then? No, no, this was her last one. Oh, okay. WWE, sorry, WWE. This was the reason she jumped ship. Oh, okay. So, she had 
previously before asked for her release. She was sick and tired of just being screwed over time and time again to less talented staff. Staff? Stars. Less talented stars. And um, she was, without a shadow of a doubt, the, as I said before, the best, the best women's wrestler in that division. She was fucking phenomenal. She had asked for her release. She was fed up of being essentially a, a mid-carder and a jobber. She put her release in and Vince went, nope, not happening. Not happening. So they booked her in a battle royal. And she was told that she was going to go out within the first minute of the battle royal. <laughs> Do you know hell. what she did? No. She did a proper protest. She didn't go over the top rope. She climbed under the bottom rope and just fucked off. She walked out. I never knew that. Yeah. Fair play to her. Yeah. You know, she knew her talent was way, way better than this. She was head and shoulders above every performer in that ring. And she had enough. So she just went under the ring post, under the bottom rope, sorry, crawled out of the ring and then just walked off. I will give props to the commentary team because they had to milk that moment. They had to sound surprised that she'd been eliminated, knowing full well that the entire crowd have just seen her slide under the bottom rope. Fair play. It is. It's quite oh, funny. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know about that. It's oh, I'll go watch it. It's it's on YouTube. It right. is. But it's so fucking bad that she knows she's better than this. But I mean, look at her. She carried the TNA's women's division, mm. the Knockouts division, and they genuinely had some good talent there. I. I think that the, some of the divas were talented. I, I actually do. I think the focus was on them as sex symbols, and I think that was the big ah, issue. Yeah. I think there were people there. Eve Torres seemed quite yeah decent, you know. I I, I, I will say Melina. Yeah, she Melina. She was a great performer. Yeah. But the, it, it's that era of WWE where Vince was obsessed with sex appeal. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, lingerie matches and shit. I, I don't give a shit about that. I, I don't care. I Couldn't quite like the toss. Trish and Lita one. Oh, what, their final match? No, the bra and panties. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I still have to see No, there's, there's fucking, there's some good ones, mate. There's there's one at Invasion in 2001, which is Stacey Keebler, Tori Wilson versus Lita and Trish Stratus. Oh, my And Mick God. Foley's the special guest referee. And there's all the... As all the uh, clothing is coming off, he's picking it up and putting it in his uh, underneath oh, his shirt and no. shit. It's funny as fuck. Oh like. god! Oh my god! It is funny, Nick. honestly. <laughs> but yeah, if 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 you get a chance, go and have a look at that battle royal. It's it's heartbreaking to watch because, like I said, she knows that she was better than this shit, and she was. That's the sad truth from that. But you only have to go and look at her uh, title reigns for TNA. Oh, I think she's good. Yeah, I watched a lot of uh, TNA, but I'll be honest with you, I can't remember a lot about it. It's sort of a yeah. blank in my mind. It's, I remember. I was a massive fan of like Christopher Daniels. And yeah, I really rated Matt the X, Morgan. Yeah, the X the Division. The, uh, Do you remember the X Division? Uh, big Styles yeah. versus Joe versus Daniels. It was unreal. You know, and that, that's going to lead us to our next topic again afterwards. So I'm going to have to stop you there because there was a comment made about that on the Facebook page. Oh, was there really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good friend of mine, Billy Morgan. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. The X Division really carries yeah. the flag oh, for God, TNI, for, in, my, in my opinion. Yeah. So there we go. That's, that's my second pick. And we're going to go for your 
third and final. This guy was successful, but in my mind, he was massively underrated and he deserved a lengthy title run. Yeah. It's Ravishing Rick Rude. Absolutely. Absolutely. He had natural heat. He used to piss the crowd off something chronic. Yeah. He could talk. They still put Bobby Heenan with him just as a heater, just yeah. to make it even worse. Even, yeah, I literally just about those to say promos, that. Those promos that he used to do where he used to fucking get the women to either come up into the <laughs> ring and snog him after he took his robe off, he used to say, it's all you like Pennsylvania pissants. <laughs> Let me take my robe off. You'd, and you'd never get away with doing that yeah, shit now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take my robe off and show you what a real man looks you, like. He used to do the gyration. I, I was literally about to say that was the first memory that I've ever had of watching Ravishing Rick Rude is him derobing and a picture of his face printed on his ass. Yeah, but that was, an, that was another massive part of his gimmick. Those airbrush tights were amazing. They were brilliant. Everyone used to just want to see what they were going to be. The, <laughs> Some big guy gyrating his ass around yeah. with a picture of his own face on his ass. <laughs> but what's really important about Rick Rude, on top of his character and his gimmick and how yeah. brilliantly he did that, is he was a fantastic technical wrestler. Oh, he was. Yeah. He carried the Warrior. Do you remember yeah. through the Warriors Intercontinental yeah. title oh, reign? yes. And the feud. He I'm had the... I'm pretty sure I watched that round yours yeah. again. Yeah. He, he had the Intercontinental title off of the Warrior. He actually yeah. defeated the Warrior. I think it was at WrestleMania 5. Pretty sure you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's, a, that's a fantastic match. But like you said... I think he, with... The Warrior and Hogan at the time, WWE were more focused on having a face lead the company. Yeah. But I think Rick Rude's contributions go really under the radar. Yeah. He yeah. had feuds with Piper. Yeah. Oh, he, they were brilliant. Yeah, he had feuds with Piper. He had a brilliant feud with Jake Roberts. Do you remember yeah. when he uh, he tried to seduce Roberts' wife? Oh, God, yeah. 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 I'd totally forgotten about that. Yeah, and what ha- what yeah, happened that... was I don't Wow I don't know because they censored this for TV, but Robert's come out and pulled his trunks off. I don't know if he was butt fucking naked <laughs> and ran off because well, they he, censored it, no but that was Rick Rude was like, he probably was. Yeah. <laughs> but going into his influence, when he moves to WCW, mm. he becomes Steve Austin's mentor yeah. with the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was around about 1992. Yeah. Has a lot to do with Paul Lee. Yeah. Oh, Paul yes. Lee with the Dangerous yeah, Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the main man. Mm. He was the big I am of the Dangerous Alliance. He was the leader. Yeah. His matches in WCW with Steamboat. I don't know if anyone's seen those. Yes. They they are a work of art. Masterclass, again. Yeah. I'm going I'm to coin that phrase a lot. During this topic, yeah. But as I say, the main reason I pick him is because he didn't have a title run. I know there's going to be some smart Alex who will turn around in the chat maybe and say that he was the WCW International World Champion or some belt that they made. It's... It, it, it it wasn't the world, the world title. He, no, he, he it, never... It wasn't, it's not the top dog title. You know... It... 
Yeah, it, it's it's. Well, I don't know. To... I, I don't fucking know what it was. No, I don't know I'm, what... you know, I'm genuinely trying to think of a comparison. Mm. Um, so it's, it's kind of like their equivalent of what was it? The TV title. Yeah, couldn't give a toss. I, I think if he wouldn't have got injured, he had that terrible back injury. I think it was in about '94 yeah. yeah, against yeah. Sting. Yeah, I think he may have had a title reign. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I think it, it was only a matter of time. Um, he was due it. He was. I'll, I'll go as far as say I think he was overdue it. Cool. He should have. Had, he? he should have had major, major titles under his belt. Can you imagine him as as the shit eating, grinning heel that he was? Yeah. And the arrogant, cocky bastard yeah. with that title. I mean, brilliant. I'd have paid money to go and watch that. I'd have paid Potent- a lot of money to go and watch that. Potential attitude era star. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was so, so talented. But I mean, I can even remember him when he came, as he came back to WWE, or sorry, WWF with DX. early days of DX. Part, he was part of the original DX, yeah. which goes unnoticed. Yeah. He actually oh, yeah. left because of the screw job. He was at one point, wasn't he on both? Yes. Uh, yes, he left because he was. Really, really good friends with Bret Hart. That's he right. hated what happened and he said, I, I, I can't take this bullshit. He left and he appeared on both shows because one Raw was taped yeah. and the and WCW the was Nitro live was and he, live. Was, he was on yeah, yeah, both shows right. at that's the right. same time. I'm, I'm going to say one thing as well. I mean, you can, you can see the legacy that he's left behind since sadly he passed. You've only got to look at stars, heel stars like The Miz. Mm. MJF, yeah, natural hate. No, it's it, it's very very hard to come by. It's these rare days. as hell. But they have got to have taken massive massive influence from Rick yeah. Rude as a heel that could draw natural heat from. I, you could walk into <clears> the the nicest crowd possible, I, and Rude would yeah, like that. I, flick the switch, and they would turn on him. I think the argument for that in modern day is that because it's such a rarity now, people actually cheer it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah. they know how skilled someone is if they can do it. Yeah. It is, it is a talent. It is and they actually talent. become a face. Yeah, MJF. The only, person that, the only person I can think who has legitimate heat or did have mm. was Baron Corbin. Because everyone just hated yeah. his fucking guts. Yeah. With the exception of this shit gimmick that he's in at the moment. Yeah. Oh, just fucking drop it. But yeah, again, I think what we'll do is, I think with Rick Rude, we'll put some things in the chat. I'm not going to go too much into detail because I think if we put some things into the Facebook, show some of these guys' work. I I genuinely think if we, you know, I I think we could have a separate topic just on Rick, you know, top three greatest Rick Rude moments. I think you'd probably need... Ten. I think we can for a lot of yeah. these. Yeah. Nick Botwinkle, I was very sure on. I could have really gone to town on that. Yeah. Right. Let's go for my last one. Okay. Uh, again, uh, mine is a still active member of the pro wrestling circuit, and it is, I'm not going to lie, it pains me to say this, but it's Cesaro. Yep. Oh, my I God. Think that's, I think that's most people's reaction. It is... Criminal, absolutely criminal how badly this guy has been booked. And don't get me wrong, he is a multiple tag team, sorry, multiple WWE tag team title holder with Sheamus when they were the bar. 
he was a two-time Ring of Honor champion with Chris Hero uh, while they were wrestling under the Kings of Wrestling. Yeah. Wasn't he that. called something like Claudius or Claudio? Yeah. It was, Cesaro was always used as his surname. Yeah. And, yeah, WWE have just kind of dropped, the, you know... Uh, well, they called him Antonio Cesaro when yeah, he first came in, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they were once uh, the longest uh, tag team champion, reigning champs, uh, 364 days. Wow. Um, if, if I don't know if you've ever seen any Is of... Is this String of Honor stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this they, is, they there were, was heavy Jim Cornette influence yeah, there. They were fucking brilliant together. Absolutely brilliant. Um, again, he was a WWE US champion, and I thought he carried that title really well, absolutely brilliantly. And then, obviously, yeah, he was. Oh, I, I'm genuinely getting angry. The more I'm going on about Cesaro being my number one pick of an underrated wrestler, and I've got notes in front of me here. You know, he he was the winner of the inaugural uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Just to interject quick, I thought that was the beginning. I thought that was I, where they yeah, were going to do it. I thought this was it. You know, ah. Oh, Fuck me, it's so overdue. This is going to be the big one. Now he's got it. What do they do? Fuck him off again. They just... There's so many times. I mean, he's had a a recent push again. Spin derails. What are you doing to this guy's career? I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was on the money that he was on, I'd I'd do any old shit, you know, quite frankly. He's got to be earning some serious bunts. But it it is absolutely, absolutely fucking criminal that this guy has not had a major push with a big title, you know, the SmackDown title, the Raw title, whatever one you want, he should have had it at least five years ago. At least five years ago. And a, I agree. The perfect, perfect summary of this is the Wrestling Observer Newsletter recognised him as, and I quote, the most underused wrestler in the world from 2013 to 2016. He won that. Three years on the trot. Unlimited potential. His strength is fucking scary. Oh, he's, he, his technical ability, I think, is even more impressive given his size. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I genuinely couldn't agree more. And it's also given me one of the worst, cringiest moments of my entire life was when he hit the ring post and pushed his front teeth up into his gums. Oh, yeah, that was... That is... But, but, but then again, he turned that into a gimmick. Yeah, you know, he, he still used it. That shows his creativity. I'm genuinely getting fucking annoyed talking about this one. You know, when they give him Paul Heyman, I think that was a really good thing. Yeah. But they focused more of the attention on Brock. <sighs> yeah. I was genuinely hoping it was, you know, was going to be, you know, not to quote CM Punk, but he was going to be a Paul Heyman guy. This yeah. is this is a this is a big push, much the same as the Andre the Joint Battle Royal. This is going to be a push. And the annoying thing is, and I'm so sorry I'm getting so fucking wound up about this. It is, fr- it they've, is frustrating. They've had the chance so many times to give him that push, and I genuinely think he would carry that belt so well. Yeah, the crowd would be behind it. Oh. He's, he's legitimate, isn't he? He comes yeah. across as someone who... You would be able to believe in Absolutely. being a world champion or whatever they yeah. want to call it now. I mean, you, know? you see, it's some of the guys that he's, you know, it's just scoop slammed or power slammed. You know, that for a guy that size, he shouldn't be doing it, but he does it, and it's so fucking easy for him. He is natural talent, natural strength, 
natural skill, natural technicalities. He is everything that that company should have pushed. Yeah. And they've ruined it. I agree. That chance, as far as I'm concerned, and I hate to say it, is fucking dead and gone. It's never going to happen unless I think he jumps ship. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's sad. I, I, I think it's, it's a total criminal. waste. And Absolutely criminal. I think now's the time. Yeah. It's... The opportunity's there. Yeah. you've got, uh, Even if someone with NWA or New Japan... He would be fantastic in New Japan. Oh, he'd be brilliant. He'd be absolutely brilliant. You know, AEW, just anything. Anything's better than what he's doing right now. Can you imagine him and Osprey? Oh my god! I'd pay. I'd. I'd pay money. Flight tickets straight to Japan. Take my money. Sold. That would be a phenomenal match. Absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to end my picks there because the more I'm going on, the more fucking angry I'm getting. Yeah, so that's, that's it. That's I'm fine. Done. <laughs> I'm done. I, 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 I don't think you're the only one there. No, I'm pretty sure on our. Uh, Facebook page there was quite a few mentions of Cesaro uh, it is it's it, it's bad you know it, it is so sad I think all the ones that we've we've spoken about so far they've been great choices um, I'm just going to read out a couple um, that we've had on social media pages uh, starting with Rob Shepard uh, if we're talking underrated wrestlers I'm talking Emma or Tanel Dashwood, as she's otherwise known as. Along with Paige, she made the NXT women's division uh, what it was, and long before the Four Horsemen came along. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there, Rob. Absolutely fantastic choice. Uh, another one, Billy Morgan. Uh, Tatanka was always a favourite of mine. I think he was underrated. William Regal, I don't think people ever appreciated how good he was in the ring or the mic. And I thought Sonada was underused in TNA. Fantastic choice. Uh, Jonathan Coop. Uh, first underrated wrestler for me is Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds. Great choice. He had some great matches, but I always felt he was deserving of far better. Kurt Angle, Bret Hart and Benoit were the great technical wrestlers, but I feel people always forgot to include Dean Malenko when technical wrestlers were brought up. Dean Malenko was amazing. Yeah. Couldn't agree more there. Absolutely fantastic choice. Uh, get, again, sorry, Johnny Coop. Uh, second choice was Chris Canyon. I thought that was a fantastic choice, and that completely skipped my mind. Completely uh, skipped my mind. As he said, Canyon had everything you can ask for in a professional wrestler. Size, mic capability, and a creative in-ring talent. At the time, he performed moves that few had ever seen. And his final choice... Oh, no, sorry, that's... No, that's his matches. Sorry, I can't read those out. No, yet. Exactly. We're going into that one later. Um, thanks again, guys, for your choices. Absolutely brilliant. Um, really do appreciate you all getting involved. It genuinely means a lot to us that you guys are actually just taking a couple of minutes out of your day to send us your nominations for our top threes. Um, we, read them, we read them all when we, we really do. Oh, appreciate gotcha. it. I mean... I love going on there and just shooting the shit with people. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And we, as I said before, really do appreciate the uh, involvement from you guys. So Everyone's you got much. their own opinion as well, you yeah. know, on things, and th- that's the beauty of wrestling. Everyone's got their favourites, yeah. or there's no people right or that have had a big influence on them. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know? I've stated before, I could nominate Mick Foley for every single bloody category I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> right. So our next topic is our underrated matches section. We kind of gone for a bit of a joint... Uh, well, you kind of went for a bit of a joint topic on this one. Underrated wrestlers and an underrated match. Yeah, I thought All there matches. was... Yeah, I thought there was a lot that we could do with that. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and I just want to point out, it's not mutually exclusive to the wrestlers that we've picked. Yeah. Yeah, we've, I mean, as we've stated before, James is Wikipedia when it comes to uh, wrestling. His his knowledge goes back as, you know, the dawn of time as far as I'm concerned. And I'm just kind of relevant last 20, 30 years. So I think we, we get a nice good mixture of um, knowledge and enthusiasm more than anything else as well, which is, yeah, love it. It's brilliant. It's a a perfect mixture. So what I'm going to do with my ones, I'm not going to give away a lot about them. All I'm going to do is I'm going to mention them, mention a few reasons why I chose them very briefly, and then I'm going to post them in the page. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Because I only picked one for mine. I'm not going to lie. I really... Struggled, okay, with this. It was I, I just purely because I wanted to go for just one match because I, I, I could have Jesus, I could have filled this notepad with just there's there's so many to choose what, from. Do, what do you want to do about yours? Do you want to say it briefly and then post gonna, it? Yeah, I'll do a brief. It's it's a it's yeah. quite an unknown match. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to go first for yours? Yeah. Why not? Okay. So. You've got more to get through than I have. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to talk about a lot within mine. Yeah. Like we just have. What yeah, I'm yeah. going to do is I'm just going to read out my top three underrated matches here. My first one is the back alley brawl that took place at Madison Square Garden in 1981. God, year I was born. Yeah, and it what is. A good year. <laughs> <laughs> it is Pat Patterson versus Sergeant Slaughter. Nice. Yeah, you did send me the link for that, and I've got that, to admit that match that was, stands the test of yeah. time. And there's oh, inf- that is good. There's influences of the uh, Royal Rumble Street Fight oh, from absolutely. 2000. Yeah, it's like in a. There. It's you could almost put it down as a pre uh, a prequel. Yeah, you know that I know it's two completely different stars and completely different eras, but you can see the influence in that. Yeah, absolutely more from Mick Foley than anyone else. All I say is complete bloodbath. Still, yeah, still brilliant to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye out for Sergeant Slaughter in his prime because in 1991, when he did the whole Iraq thing, yeah. he was past his prime. Yeah. And a lot of people look at him and go, God, he didn't deserve to be champion. Mm. Look at him here and how, oh, mu- yeah. how much heat he had. This match is sensational. I yeah. will link it. Watch it. Yeah, please do. So, so worth watching. Okay, my second one. There is a little bit of backstory to this one. It's Mr. It. Perfect versus Bret Hart at King of the Ring 1993. Oh, This match choice. is better, in my opinion, than their match at SummerSlam 91. I will agree with you a thousand percent on that. Absolutely. I think the reason this gets overlooked is because it was a semi-final. Of yes. the elimination yeah, tournament, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, for me, it sh- yeah, for yeah. me, it should have been the final. That, they did that. Yeah, that. That's a main event caliber match. Yeah, they did the face promo 
in the back yeah. with, uh, I think it was Gene Oakland at the time, yeah, where they was. both stood together. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Brett back yeah. at WrestleMania 8. Yeah. And they start off respecting each other and saying how much they respect yeah. the talent of each other. And then it just devolves into fucking childish behaviour, yeah. like... My dad would have beat your yeah. dad, and it, that, that your has, dad would have never beat my dad, and all than, this more than anything. That's got to come from Kurt Henning. Yeah, that's his influence on it. Yeah, and it, it's the match is a technical it's, masterpiece. It's oh, great, it's so good. So I'm going to link that one. Yeah, the third one is is quite a famous match, which gets overlooked, in my opinion. And I think the reason why it gets overlooked is because no one would expect these two guys to be able to do an hour long match. Okay. And it's The Rock versus Triple H from Judgment Day 2000s. Wow. This is a really, really nice little match. You know what? I, I, mean, expect- I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. It, it, wow. Okay. And it has, I won't give away the falls or the winner, mm-hmm. but it has Shawn Michaels involved yep. as the referee. Yep. And it has one of the best returns ever. It's a shocking return. Yeah. It affects the match brilliantly. The whole booking of it, considering that this match went on an hour, was sensational. The way this match ends is it's it's its strength. It's fantastic. So I'm going to link that one as well. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much into them. I'm just going to link them and let you watch them. That match is great. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. I mean, I say a little match. It's an hour long. It's an hour long. Yeah, Yeah. but what I mean is a great little match. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean is in terms of little match is the way it's yeah. sort of forgotten about now because it was yeah, a uh, great match. Exactly why I was very surprised you said that. I didn't know you were going to pick that one. So Yeah, I've, yeah. Al- I've always felt sorry for that match. Right. Because I've, I think it was a lot better than everyone give, give it credit for. Right. Fair play. Right. So my one and only pick, uh, as I said, I, I, I didn't want to put more than one answer down for this and I really struggled you know dwindling it down to this this one pick uh, mine is from ECW Hostile City Showdown from the 15th of April 1995 I I chose this just it's skill beyond skill this I'm match revolutionary it is yeah absolutely it, and it's, it's something that wasn't seen back then yeah, that's so so ahead of its time. Yeah, the and granted, inter- it being an ECW match, you'd expect blood, gore, weapons, you know, everything being thrown into the ring for this match to be as brutal as it was, and it's not. It is. My my note even here says it is a masterclass in technical wrestling, mm. and it's Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. Yes, it is. Those two, we're so used to working together and they are so fluid in everything they do. Uh, The only bits I'm going to say about this, um, obviously everyone knows Dean Malenko and the late Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Still to this day, Eddie Guerrero chants happen. And I I don't blame them. What a character, what a wrestler, what a performer. Just, it's such a shame. Absolutely fantastic. And Dean Malenko mentioned previously from a few of the followers uh, as an underrated performer, especially with WWE, it, criminally underused. The, the man of a thousand holds 
And that nickname is absolutely right. He, he is. He just... suffers from his size. Yeah, which, that's, which that's is what, Yeah, that's that's what they were going on. I think. I think if you, I think if he was a couple of inches taller yeah. and a bit more muscular, he would have been a hit in WWE. Yeah. Unfortunately, they look at that sort of thing. Oh, and it's, it's it's bypassed. He suffered for it. But yeah. God's what a talent. At the at the time, uh, Guerrero uh, was three years into uh, signing with New Japan Pro Wrestling um, prior to joining ECW. And I think at the time, he was still, whilst he was with his first year of ECW, was still contracted with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It shows Eddie Guerrero had that fantastic mixture at that time nobody had seen of Japan-style wrestling. Yeah, the Japanese style. Uh, I, I think both. I think both people, and this goes. Unfortunately, there's always controversy when you mm. talk about this person with Chris Benoit as well. Yeah, yeah. He was the Pegasus kid over in New yeah, Japan. Yes, and they, the, the the style. There's such a, ver- a, a variation of styles in this match because you've got the Japanese influence. Yeah, you've got the Latino Mex- yeah, yeah, or, or the Mexican yeah, the, influence. Yeah, the Mexican influence of lucha libre styles. Yep. Then you've got the catch catch can style with Dean Malenko on yeah. top of it. So it's 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 a clash of every I, style yeah. and done done it is, masterfully. I'll, again, I'll post a link for this match on our Facebook page. It's memory serves correct. I think it's about thirty four minutes long this match, and it is one of the most fluent matches you'll ever see. It's it is world class. This this sort of match, I I genuinely would put as a pay per view main event. It was so good and criminally overlooked. The, the the two of these guys, they were obviously we all know Eddie Guerrero, what he eventually became to be, you know, with his uh, WWE heavyweight title run, and it was fantastic. But obviously, with work with the Radicals as well, yeah. You know, with again, I, I Chris think, Benoit I think and Harry Satin. I think moving back just an inch on that, mm. Bischoff gets a lot of criticism, but I think that you have to credit Bischoff for watching ECW because yeah. he must have fucking done. Oh, gotcha. And noticing Benoit yeah. and Guerrero, Guerrero yeah. and Malenko and bringing them into WCW yeah. gotcha. because they, they formed at least Malenko and. Uh, Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They formed the lightweight division. Absolutely. Really. They were part of the lightweight yeah. division staples they in there. They carried it. Yeah. They absolutely carried it. Yeah, they were good. So, yeah, that... And I, again, I, I am going to... Much like James uh, said for his choices, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I am going to end it on that section. Yeah, I think if um, we go into all the inc- intricacies of the matches... Oh, God. We I, ruin I, it for yeah. everyone who might want to watch them. So, yeah. I, was, I was very aware of that from the last one. Yeah. I mean, that match alone, I've, in the last week since going through my, my picks for this, I I can honestly say I've watched that match six times in the last week. Yeah. I, I could have picked about 25. Yeah, I had so I, many on my list yeah, that I didn't yeah. know what to do. I, I, I know it's only our second episode, but that, that was going from our previous, which was the Royal Rumble match or Royal Rumble itself category. Yeah. That, I, that was tough to do. Yeah. I, really I, tough. I looked at it from a perspective where I chose one in the 80s, yeah. one in the 90s, and 
and one in the 2000s. Yeah, fair play, mate. Fair yeah, play. because my other one is highly biased towards the golden oldies, really, in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair play to you. Okay, so right. I think we'll leave that there and then we'll tackle our next topic, which is... So, the next topic... Do you want topic... to say? Go on. So, our next topic we're going to talk about is the current run of WWE releases. Now, we were going to cover this on our last episode, but we then found out that we had talked shit for quite a long time. Like this uh, one, probably. <laughs> but it is it is a category... It is something I've really wanted to talk about. Uh, I mean, Myself and James, we've spoken about it on previous occasions quite a few times um it is a topic that needs to be discussed and uh, quite frankly i think it is absolute horseshit if i'm all honest i've got a more balanced view on it um i went <laughs> see, i went as far <laughs> right i went as far on my notes to listing off um about 30 names and I, I'm just I'm going to just list off some of the bigger names of it, and obviously recent the most recent one being um, it wasn't even a cut he quit basically, which was Jeff Hardy. Um, I'm okay with that, by the way. Yeah, I am. Um, but I'm I've got, I've got see, a lot of this, love for Jeff Hardy. Yeah, see, this is where there's going to be some controversy with me. Yeah, uh, and I'm I, all up for that. I. I I think that was a fair cut. Yeah, I, I I also would like to say fair play to him for standing his ground. Um, I know he, we all we all know he's had issues with substance abuse in the past, um, and I think it was a bullshit call that they pulled him up on it again. Uh, and him being him, he knew damn well he was clean, and you know the blood test or urine test proved that he was clean and I, I gave, think him, there's, gave him the middle finger and went, fuck you, I'm done. Yeah, I think there's some discrepancies in this, though. I think the reason they give him a drug test mm. was because of his behaviour. And also, mm. we must... Not often are you going to hear us defend the WWE, but he jumped in the crowd with no warning. Oh, right. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't Because a lot of people don't know the circumstances. Now, he jumped in the crowd with no warning. Right. With no security. They usually have security where they know something like that might happen. He just jumped in and backstage they were like, Jesus fucking Christ, because they didn't know. Yeah. And someone someone could have got hurt or he could have jumped on somebody or done something. Someone could have swung at him and he could have swung back. It was a lawsuit. Potentially, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of intricacies to Mm. that story, and and in the reasoning behind it, because he's supposed to be a professional. Yeah, and he he did that, and he was acting strange, because I've watched it. Yeah, you know, this is his last match. This is the house show. Yeah, he. I. That was that was the primary reason. I I do get that, and I I myself I watched the footage that was leaked on social media and kind of went, man, he looks he looks pissed. Uh, For anyone that listens to this overseas in the states or anything, we don't mean pissed off. We mean he looks drunk. Yeah, I'm not I'm not taking it from that sort of stance. I'm taking it from the stance of 
if I was a promoter mm-hmm. and one of my talent jumped the barricades unannounced and could have potentially put the company in a position yeah. where it could have been sued. Like lawsuits. And you're not, talking, lawsuit. you're not talking a couple of hundred or a thousand. You're going to be looking millions. You've got to take action. And I yeah. think... Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I personally think that the reason they drug tested him is because they couldn't believe he fucking did it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to list off some of the names that we got here. Um, and as I said, I'll, I'll go for the bigger names more than anyone. And, you know... Christ, if I if I list off all these names, we'll be here for fucking ages. So we've got John Morrison, Tegan Knox, Keith Lee, Kerryon Cross, Nia Jax. I'm, on that one, I'm, I'd, I couldn't give a toss, really. She deserved to go. She deserved <sighs> to go earlier. To be fair. Um, she em- she's dangerous. Yeah. Ember Moon, Maya Yim, Scarlett Bordeaux, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, Jake Atlas... This next one that I'll read out, I think was the biggest shock more than anyone else, and that's Bray Wyatt. I think that's ludicrous. Uh, yeah. You, so that's all I can say. It's that, that was criminal. Him and uh, the other one I'm going to say was, was Keith Lee. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've always been a massive fan of Keith Lee. I yeah, think same. that he had the potential to actually be one of the uh, standard bearers for the company. Uh, well, him and him and Brock Lesnar, when they had that standoff in the Rumble, that was phenomenal. And I know it wasn't on for that long, but that was brilliant. It was the crowd's reaction. Oh, it was. That pop was superb. Now, to me, that sold it straight away. That was... For me, that was the best moment of that rumble. He has unlimited potential. Oh, absolutely. Well, limitless, ma- like they call him. He's a limitless. massive, massive star yeah. and pick-up for AEW. Oh, and it's I, absolutely brilliant. I could not agree more. I think a lot of people are going to be shocked at how big a star he's going to yeah. be. But going back to Bray Wyatt... You can't tell me that they couldn't have worked it out. If, if, <sighs> if, if the... If the reason was that he was hard to work with, you can't tell me that everyone throughout the ages of yeah. wrestling have not been hard to work with when they're on top. Exactly. And they've got creative uh, ideas and they want to take an interest in their character and how it moves yeah. forward. Yeah. I mean, you talk about... I mean, I'm struggling to remember his name now. When he was with uh, Nexus. Oh, with, Husky Harris. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah, good good job. Yeah. So obviously when he was with Husky Harris, you know, it, it wasn't a memory sorry, it wasn't a very memorable character. He was there, we knew he was there, that was about it. But when he went to becoming Bray Wyatt, he was kind of adopting that Max Cady uh persona from Cape Fear. He was very similar to Waylon Mercy. Yes! Yes! Do you remember Waylon Mercy? Yeah. Dan Spivey. Now, Dan yeah. Spivey, I apologise for anyone who can hear a drink pouring, by the way. I'm not going to edit this out. It's Pepsi for anyone that's looking to endorse us. Pepsi. <laughs> and I am drinking Coke Zero. <laughs> I, apo- I apologise to the listeners. My throat's going a bit dry. But for those who are looking for sponsorship, I'll say again, Pepsi and Coke Zero. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking lovely. It's delicious. Oh, Thank you. And I apologise for the dog in the background if I cannot edit it out. 
Yeah, sorry about that. It, it, it's we, unfortunately we are, we, one of those things we, that we can't We are stop. new to this and yeah. we live and learn. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. But uh, So, yeah, anyway, as you were saying, um, Bray Wyatt's um, influence, obviously, for the Bray Wyatt character, it was brilliant. It was fucking fantastic. And it was so dark. So, so dark. It was very different. Yeah. It's yeah, very I, different. It was it was a different type of threat. Yeah. And then with the uh, introduction for Sister Abigail, the Wyatt family, when all of that started coming together, that was... I genuinely think that was a phenomenal stable. It had so much charisma. And bearing in mind, the rest of the Wyatt family said, fuck all. They said nothing. But they, they were, were there. They that were, presence was just so, so intimidating. They were an indoctrinated cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what they were supposed yeah. to be, and they played their roles perfectly. Uh, yeah, absolutely brilliantly. Uh, one of my biggest gripes with the Wyatt family, and this was probably created from WWE mm. more than the influence of Bray, why the fuck did they not pull the trigger and make a sister Abigail? Why did they not? The women's revolution yeah. was taking off and you had the opportunity to bring in someone at that point. Yeah. Why not do it? There was, and I remember reading it so, so, so many Liv times. Liv Morgan. No. I heard Liv Morgan was going to be sister Abigail. I heard Daphne the Demon Assassin. Yeah, I, I heard oh, sorry, that. The late, well. the late great. Do you know Daphne. who I would have chosen? Who? This is going to be really. But it's, for anyone who knows the Indies or remembers the Indies at the time, mm. I would have chosen Crazy Mary Dobson. Can't say I've ever heard. You'd know her if I said if I told you her name. Right. In WWE, you'd know yeah. who she is. Who's that? She's Sarah Logan. Holy shit! She, on the Indies, she plays a horror oh, character. Fuck. That would who, have been brilliant. She plays a horror character that used to come in drenched in blood. No way. She was like a crazy psycho girl. Oh, that that would Jesus. Yeah, she had work. she had the promo and the image to do it. I was so yeah. shocked when she came in as like the Outback Jack type of yeah. character. Yeah. Knowing who she was. Jesus. Yeah, that's like I said, for the whole for the whole budget cuts, that's that had to be the biggest shock was Bray Wyatt. I I never saw that coming. And I'll be brutally honest, when I saw that kicking around and trending on Twitter, I thought it was a joke or a work. I thought it was a work right up until... Um, do you know what? Do you want my honest opinion? Go for it. I'm, I'm not sure it still isn't a work. You reckon? Because it's so shocking. But he, he, but he hasn't gone, gone anywhere. He's done nothing. That's what I'm saying. We have to remember that he was suffering with mental illness after the yeah. death of Brosie Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who right? We spoke about before recording. Um, we, we, To be fair, we should have done it earlier. He was going to be a honourable mention for the underrated section that we did earlier. Yeah, Brody Lee was he, he was brilliant, so good, mm. you know. And obviously the work that he did briefly in AEW, 
I loved it when he came on as the exonerated one. If this was done five years ago, he would have been on my list as Amzorayes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yes, so there's an honourable mention there to the late great Mr. Brody Lee. Um, or Luke Harper. Yes, yeah. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler there. But um, there's a brilliant podcast uh, between Jericho on Talk is Jericho mm. with Luke Harper at the time. Okay. And not a lot of people got an insight into who he was and yeah. his life and everything like that. And he is such a nice guy. Yeah. Give, give it a listen. I've, I've seen a lot of interviews um, with a lot of AEW stars mostly. They've said he was he had a, quite a quite a reserved guy. Yeah. A huge, huge family man, which shows obviously with, you know, his son being involved with AEW as negative one. Which and I, I hope to God that if his son does come into the wrestling <clears throat> industry, you know, to carry on, you know, from, from where his father left off, good on him. And I really, really hope that he gets, you know, the push that his dad should have got. Uh he he was brilliant. Really brilliant. Yeah, bless him. Do you but want my opinion on the budget cuts? Go for it. I don't disagree that the talent roster needed to be trimmed. Right. I do agree. Right. I don't agree through financial means, and I don't believe that it was because of financial means. Yeah. That's what insults my intelligence. Which, which is ironic, where WWE just released figures saying that they... They, yeah, they made the biggest profit yeah. they've ever... That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't believe that it is budget cuts. I think that's the name they've given it. Yeah, okay. But I think the roster did need trim, and I think that it was really, really difficult for anybody to get over. Yeah. I remember talking to you about it and yeah. saying they need either another brand... Yeah, yeah, I remember that. ...or they need to... Trim that down because there's so many people there. Yeah. Everyone's getting lost in the shuffle. You remember years ago in like going back against the 80s and 90s and 2000s, the roster weren't that many people. No, no, no. But they had a focus on everybody. Yeah. A greater focus at least. You You know. Because of the, the lack of a big roster back then. You had development. Yeah. You had story development. The effort was put in, you know, the writing team that they had, so, you know, during the 80s and 90s. It was great. I mean, a prime example, the Jake Robertson Macho Man. That's one of my favourite rivalries. It's, it's phenomenal, you know. And like you say, there wasn't a massive, massive roster back in those days. I think that's but, my argument where the territory or the territories uh, was so important because people had a place to go... There was all different styles. Yeah. You know, you had, uh, I think it was, the AWA was Minnesota. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Under uh, Vern Gagne. Yeah. You had the Carolinas, which was the NWA. Yeah. You had Georgia Championship Wrestling yes. back then. Yeah. You know, which was really popular. Yeah. Back in that day, it wasn't like the GCW you see now. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else you had. You obviously had the WWWF. Yeah, yeah. You had Houston Wrestling. So when you look back on the amount that there actually was... Yeah, there was loads. Yeah. There was loads of places you could go. Yeah. And what have we got now? NXT. 
NXT, which, was, what, what I'm talking about is for de- development. Yeah, in which you look at the fucking state of it now. Yeah. Since it's now NXT 2.0. Well, the, their idea is now that is developmental. It is. But it's worse, isn't it? It's... It's, it, uh, it's like... But, it, yeah, it, it, it does stem from these budget cuts, or, you know, however you want to call it. Um... The caliber of storyline and development going from NXT when it was the black and gold brand. I will be honest, I preferred watching that than Raw or SmackDown. I think most people did. I think it was catered to an audience of wrestling Who fans. Actually, pure wrestling loved fans. Wrestling yeah. for what it was. Uh, the storylines were built up well. Yeah. I mean, again. It, it, it was well done. You've got. But going just quickly, going, I, I want to clarify this. When I say I agree, that doesn't mean I agree with who they got rid of. Yeah, there's. Um, to which, me, it's shocking who they got rid of. Which leads me to the next few that I will uh, read out. Should have got. Do you want me right just to say? Do you want me just to say who I was shocked by who they got rid of? Go for it, because I'm pretty sure I'm about to read one of them off. Yeah. So. Bray Wyatt, obviously. Yep. Most of their future, in my opinion. Carrying Cross was a bad one, I thought. Oh. I thought it was a terrible decision. Him and his wife. Yeah, they were a pair. They were brilliant. And she, don't get me wrong, she's not fan, you know, she's not. Yeah, but she's, she's, meant, but she, she's meant to be a manager type person. And Just, she is fucking brilliant as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what she's Absolutely. there for. We, I mean, as a That entrance was unreal. Yeah, as a comparison for the, you know, the manager, the female-led management era of the 80s and the 90s, I rate her as good as them. She is she At is least a few of them, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. There, there's, there's a few that I really, really do rate. So, so again, it's a continuation from some of the other names that were on that list. Now, the first one I am going to read off, I think he's got a shit gimmick and was given a shit gimmick, but I rate him as a wrestler, which is Fandango. Yeah, terrible I, gimmick. I think that he could have gone. What what I was about to say is they got rid of nearly. Well, they got rid of their future. Yeah, the because coming the next generation. Yeah, like Keith Lee, Ember Moon was a shocking oh, one. I I know I, she's I, had the injury. Yeah, I, but, I st- that that out of all the women's ones that went, that was the one that shocked me the most. Yeah, that was criminal. Absolutely criminal. So you, I mean... People like Andrade, who maybe the gimmick wasn't that great and he lacked a bit of personality, mm. but his technical ability was unreal. Yeah. I mean, one of the ones I'm going to... Sorry, two that I will list off straight away. Buddy Murphy. I was okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. We're done. Man. That's it. Calling days on this now. <laughs> Alistair Black. That's a shocker. Oh. I, I, I saw him as a future world champion. And have you seen the work he's doing with AEW now? Fucking phenomenal. I always thought, do you remember when I booked The Fiend over Facebook with yes. you? My, my final match was The Fiend yeah, versus the Fiend. Yeah. Alistair Black. That. That, would, that was my final match for WrestleMania. The, yeah. the fiends run through everyone. No one could stop him. And then he come up against someone who was as just as dark, dark as, as him. him. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. 
Uh, so yeah, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. Again, as we mentioned with Ember Moon, here's another one that I was shocked that they dropped, which was Ruby Riot. I rate her. She's okay. I, I do rate her. I, I, I think she's got massive, massive potential. I, I'm, I'm going to state my stance now. The older talent should have been the ones who were cut. The people who have yeah. had their opportunity yeah. and are just yeah. languishing around. Yeah. That was who I would have cut. <coughs> and, I, and I would have cut it. <laughs> Sorry, lump me throat then. <laughs> I, I, I would have cut them. Yeah. Because they've already had their chance and yeah. they're just taking up ground. You, I mean, you move forwards. Yeah, you have to. So to keep, to keep interest in title runs alone and, like you said, longevity more than anything else, get your newbies coming up. Get them to work through NXT, hone their craft, bump them up as a, you know, oh, it's a shock entrant to something or, you know, an interference or something like that. Get a bit of storyline. Take the fucking time to bring these stars up, but instead they fucking cut. Mm. Like, unbelievably dumb decisions. Yeah, people, for example, like the Lucha House Party. Oh, fuck off. I, I I was I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know? I couldn't give a monkeys about that. I know that he had the lovely story of where he did the videos saying about how grateful he was and it was emotional. Yeah. But Drake Maverick yeah. for me doesn't have any. Oh, I'm place. sorry, but that was a work. I'm telling yeah. you right now, that was a fucking work. Jake Atlas, yeah, yeah, tied a. Bruce, I you know, I like him. <laughs> so so do I. So do I. I do like him. I don't think he transferred from NXT to the main roster. Well, I think they yeah, tried. I, I'm okay with that. See, this I, is what I'm trying to say. My point is that the the roster did need trimming. Yeah, and you could have just turned around and said. This is for developmental. Yeah, purposes. for yeah. developmental purposes it's, instead it's of budget ev- cuts. evolutionary. Yeah, instead of yeah. budget cuts. In other words, to cut a long story short and in layman's terms, these people just don't fucking made it. Yeah. Or there are people on this roster who are taking up room yeah. for potential stars. <coughs> yeah, I agree. And he, to an extent, his son. His son should have uh, been made to go through NXT. Yeah, I've, I've, I've failed to understand the reason for, you know, bumping him straight up to the main roster with his dad. Uh, you know... Don't get me wrong, I know his dad's had a, you know, he has had a damn good career. I'm not a massive fan. I used to be, for his WCW and when he first came into WWE, I was a big fan. But that gimmick, it's been done. It's, yeah. You know, it, it's it's stale. He has the same set moves and I'm sorry, I, I just personally, I find it boring. I think he should have been on the cuts and his son, sorry, his son should have gone to NXT. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't agree. And it, it's it's not an attack on him personally. I don't think he has the right look at the moment. He doesn't. He looks. He looks like a kid. He yeah. He looks like a kid, and he, there's no believability in him at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I tell you what, he reminds me of. He reminds me of a bad Robin from Batman. <laughs> you know the way he's dressed. Like yeah, a young yeah. person who's not very believable. Yeah. As as So it's got basically a kid that's gone to a fancy dress works party as Rodney. Yeah, yeah. Rodney Trotter. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Rodney I reckon Rodney had more of a fucking chance. He's a lanky bastard, isn't he? But 
Jack, Jackson Riker, I'm okay with a lot of the people sorry, on your list. All I've got They're, in my head is Rodney Trotter chinning <laughs> Dominic <be>, Mysterio. <laughs> I've fucking paid seven. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people on your on your list are, are bigger names. Who yeah, I, I who I would there's a few of them on there that I would cut. I went for the when I so when I basically when I was when I was writing this list down. Um, yeah, there are a lot of names that I've missed off. I think in total there was something like eighty to ninety names that have been cut over the last sort of eighteen months. Yeah, and what I'm, I've done is gone for the bigger ones. I'm just refreshing myself on mm. who did get cut, but. A lot of the other ones which are not here, I totally agree with. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think they. I don't think they made an impact, and no. I think they could have gone. But then uh, this, this could also segue over to as well. So the talent that has left, that wasn't dropped, that ended their contracts and went. Do you know what? I think we're done. And I still think the biggest shock of that one was Adam Cole, baby. I just don't think they. Knew what to do with him. Which which is fucking... That's terrible. I know. He is. The what big, can you say? I mean, like... <laughs> and I know now, obviously, I, I don't know if you're up to date with AEW. Yeah, a little bit. Right. He's going for the title now. Okay, well, I didn't it's know him that. him and Paige. Okay, I yeah. didn't know that. I, I, I wasn't sold on what he was doing with... I, I don't like Orange Cassidy. No. I don't like the gimmick. I think it's crap. I'll you, be honest with you. Do you want to know the only decent thing that I've enjoyed? But when you having a feud with him? Or yeah. some sort of weird... Which, which leads me to my two happiest fucking moments of AEW recently. And I know you're not going to be a massive fan of it because you don't really... I think you stated you don't rate him as a wrestler, more as a character and a persona. But it brought in... And I'm not going to lie, it's my favourite thing in wrestling right now, which is Danhausen. I love Dan Harrison. I, I, I fucking love him. I think he's I, a massive, massive breath of fresh air. I think he's a Booker's nightmare. Yes, because what as the a, fuck as, do you do with yeah, that character? As a, res, as a wrestler, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my issue. So, as a personality, I think he's oh, amazing. Oh, he's phenomenal. So for those of you that aren't aware, Dan Housen is what I would call a... Uh, I personally think he's a very, very talented wrestler. I've checked out a lot of his stuff before he started donning the face paint when he was wrestling under Donovan Danhausen. Yeah. I rate him massively. I've seen him. But as to look at now, he's very, what I would call vaudevillain, 1920s, 1930s, like horror character. His makeup is based off The Exorcist. You yeah. know, the yeah, horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the actual, yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, I don't know what they call that fucking face. Zazu, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it, I fucking love it, and it is. I do, but here's the problem: Where'd how the go? fuck do you seriously book that? Oh where, yeah, where do you go if, with it? If you're gonna, if you're gonna do something with him, yeah. what do you do? How do you book it? Who do you True. put him against? So, also for those of you who aren't aware, obviously Danhausen has, I think, one of the best Twitter feeds. Uh, or just social media feeds in general to do with professional wrestling. His trolling of the gun club. <laughs> the ass boys. The ass, ass boys. I think is fucking brilliant. He's, a, he's amazing. You won't, you won't get any arguments off anyone no. as, in terms of him as a personality. My issue is me sitting 
with a pen <laughs> and a piece of paper trying to work out yeah. what I'm gonna, re- the fuck I'm going to do. I will 100% agree with you on that one. But uh, I, I mean, I was looking at him statistically on, because they obviously go by popularity on AEW's website. And the last time that I checked, he was like number two or number three on the most popular list. And he hasn't had a fucking match. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was below uh, Brian my, Danielson. Yeah, my whole point, though, on why he doesn't need to. Yeah. Because I think as a manager or as some sort of personality, like maybe an interviewer, the, yeah, put it yeah. this way, imagine like he's just hanging about rounds backstage and no one wants anything to fucking do with him. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit like how he is on his YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. And <laughs> yeah. there's an interview going on, like a serious interview, yeah. backstage interview, and he pushes, like, say, the girl announcer out of the way and goes, hello, Dan Hazard, like that. <laughs> That's the best impression of yeah. it. Yeah. That will oh, work. Fuck. Everyone would love that yeah. shit. But it's, it's the same as his two, his, his two entrances so far that he's had. I mean, the first, uh, the first appearance he got um, was Orange Cassidy against... Adam Cole and Adam Cole went under the ring to pull out a chair and the chair wouldn't move pulled it out and lo and behold Danhausen gets pulled out still holding the chair and puts a curse on Adam Cole I, 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 the crowd reaction to that I thought was better than the crowd reaction when Punk returned yeah I mean it was it, <laughs> it was funny as fuck but brilliant. Much as again I'm- what it was weird yeah. in, in a in a in a good way as a debut, but constantly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure was, what I would do I with him. A week or two weeks later, he borderline did the same with. Um, it was Cassidy had crawled under the ring after getting uh, super kicked by the young bucks, and you know the little half-assed thumbs up came out from under the ring. They pulled, you know, the young bucks pulled out the thumb, sorry, pulled a hold of the hand and pulled him back out from under the ring. And again, it was Danhausen. Chris Jericho, I'm going to say straight away, fantastically sold that by screaming, don't let him, don't piss him off, they'll put a curse on you. And he did straight away. Mm. Fucking brilliant. But going back to, going back to the original subject of the budget cuts, you've got to look at AEW now and say, fuck me, they've benefited from these budget cuts. But but let's as, not let's not take it too far. Yeah, let's not sign yeah. every single individual. Exactly, they that have, WWE get rid of. Yeah, then that's then leads back to the problem that you stated before of having too much talent on a roster. This you know, was my this, this was my this was where I was okay. Yeah, with trimming the roster, calling it budget cuts is my issue. It's like you said, it's an insult to your intelligence. Yeah, it, yeah, it is fucking insulting. But it's also if you're leading the general public and the fans more than anything else to believe, you know to go down a line of saying this is budget cuts, and then you looking at some of the biggest names on there, and at the time Bray Wyatt was the guy. Yeah, he was. He he was after he uh, got fucking uh, 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 buried. I'm, I'm not sure they knew what the hell to do, which is fucking crazy because yeah. his creative mind to come up with a character like that, not just the fiend, but. To put the character I, I, Bray Wyatt... I loved him. I thought he was great. But, oh, yeah. The whole Firefly Funhouse, I thought, was fucking creepy. He, he was done. And I said... I remember saying this to you. Yeah, I just don't... I don't think they knew what to do with him. I think he was snake bit. 
Yeah. From the seconds that they booked the Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins. They pulled the trigger. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I think that is the worst Hell in a Cell match I've ever seen. I think it was the booking. They put him up against the world champion straight away and they Mm. put him in there as a heel. And he wasn't a heel. And and it turns... From the day that he came back, he was never going to be a heel. Yeah, and it turned Seth. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 It impacted Seth because the match was just a joke. Oh, no. I think he stomped him 30 times. Yeah, and to stop it because of use of chairs. Yeah, it was... It's a hell in a cell, for fuck's sake. It, it's terrible booking. That made no sense. There was no, there was nothing that was going to happen, but that was going to go wrong. Yeah. Oh, because well, the, fiend the, is gonna, the Fiend is either going to win the title... Yeah. ...straight away... Yeah. ...which is the easiest way to go... Yeah. If you decide to do that, which they shouldn't have, mm. because they should have built it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you have some stupid smoz finish, which they tried to do, which was atrocious. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. you incite the crowd further by having Seth go over, yeah. and then and then people shit on it. So there was it was <sighs> ridiculous. Yeah. But. So, we can quite honestly say that the you know the, the worst decision out of all of these budget cuts or whatever you want to call them is you know to put a final analysis on it is is Bray Wyatt and Keith Lee. I think Karrion Cross is there. Yeah. But just just a small thing on on my point of view. Why not Tamina? Why not Natalia? What you I'm, know? I'm, for- I'm going to go on a record here. So why not Charlotte Flair? I think she's an argument. If 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 it's supposed budget cuts, I don't see where she can really go from here. She's done it all. She's won it all. And quite frankly, I find her also her attitude stinks. Yeah. From what I've yeah, heard, I, I've read quite a few articles now and a lot of things online as well that she's not very well liked backstage. She believes her own hype. A bit like a dad. Oh, less said about him, the better. But that would uh, be, be controversial. Uh, yeah, that that could lead to a whole new topic as well, which, funnily enough, brings us to our um, topics for our next episode. And it's your pick. It is indeed. So let me go back to my notes quickly. So on our next episode in four weeks' time, my topics are now. Let me just stop you one second. Go for it. That's WrestleMania. Oh, should we do it the week before then? But I'm talking about is our topics going to be based on WrestleMania, or sure. should we go with the ones that we've got? Because it, WrestleMania is such a big event. I tell you what, I'll change my second one then. So, yeah. the first topic for our top three will be top three overrated wrestlers this time. Easy. Yeah, I think it's going to be an easy topic, and I genuinely can't wait to see what the feed, you know the feedback from social. There's going to be, be some that. real. Oh yeah, I think we could end if we could end up having arguments on yeah. social media here. The, the... But great, that's what I, you know. Well, I don't mind each I, to their own. I, I won't have arguments in there because well, I'll just block fuckers. Yeah. But no, I will if people <laughs> want to argue. I don't mind differences of opinion. Yeah, absolutely. But, That's yeah, fine. Please don't go personal on each other on this one. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, right or wrong. doesn't really matter. It's just an opinion. This is all for shits and giggles. Yes, yeah, so it's for fun. I, I, I don't need anyone's opinion that yeah. 
their shit don't stink yeah. and all this bollocks. So just to recap, that is our next topic is our top three overrated wrestlers. And seeing as though you've just mentioned with the whole WrestleMania thing, I'm going to change the, uh, the second topic, which was going to be best returns. So for our, because we're going to change it now, coincided with WrestleMania, we will put our second topic of best WrestleMania moments. Yeah, and that includes promos, returns, matches. There's so many special things about WrestleMania, yeah. you can go anywhere. It's, it's, it's the pinnacle moment of you know WWE uh, pay-per-views, uh, so let's, why not? We'll, we'll go all out for this one. We'll okay. go for our best WrestleMania moment. We'll also be uh, debating over the uh, WrestleMania itself and WrestleMania pay-per-view and the possibilities of, current topic... The Forbidden Door. Okay. So, we shall see you all again in four weeks' time. Thanks again for tuning in and taking the time out to get involved with the podcast. As we said earlier, it does mean a hell of a lot that you're actually taking a few minutes out of your day just to leave a comment, a like. Please keep sharing. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of it. Absolutely all of it. Keep doing what you're doing. We really do appreciate the time of day that you help us out with. Absolutely love your guys' opinions and contributions. I can't start enough how grateful we are. Yeah, I mean, the feedback and the views that we got alone on the full episode that we posted onto YouTube, um, I, I, I was very, very shocked to see it go it's a, it, and hide so quickly. It's just become... A really nice, at the moment, small community. Yeah. But it's it's a very unified community. It's really nice at the moment. I really, really like that yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like that more than being like, oh, we've got like 200,000 fucking views oh, and all if, that. If we ever got 200,000, oh, God, I'm No, but do you, know what, do you know what I mean? I like the interaction and I like yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, community. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I like to know the community. Yeah. So, and it's yeah, it, it. I don't know. As I stated a second, a few seconds ago, I mean, it really does mean a lot. You know, this was just a bit of a you know an idea for a bit of fun that we thought of, and you know, it's it really does mean the world to us that people are actually taking the time out of their day to listen to us talk shit for a couple of hours. So, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's been fantastic. So, I think we'll sign off. Yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we will see you, hopefully, before WrestleMania. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks a lot again, guys. Take care. Laters.